Hey there, gorgeous, and welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where we talk all things marketing, business, and personal development. I'm your host, Haley Luckadoo, the marketing coach, motivational speaker, and Dr. Pepper lover with a mission to connect you with the most incredible women I can find and the tools you need to chase those crazy, audacious dreams of yours. So welcome to the club, Firestarter. Now let's turn that spark of an idea into a wildfire of success. Welcome back, my females on fire. How are you guys doing? I hope it is well. I am so excited to be bringing you another episode with an amazing guest today. This is somebody that I've actually been following her for a while, listening to her podcast for a long time. And so I am so over the moon excited to have her on the show. Today, I am talking with Stacy Tuchel. And she is a small business growth coach who has multiple seven-figure businesses under her belt. Stacy started her own business at the age of 18 in her parents' backyard, and she turned that company into a multi-million dollar business that she still runs today. She's also a best-selling author and the founder of the Foot Traffic Formula, helping small businesses around the world get more customers in the door. The Foot Traffic Podcast now has over 1 million downloads and is frequently on the top 30 of all marketing podcasts on iTunes, where she has interviewed guests as big as Suze Orman and Amy Porterfield. So absolutely incredible accomplishments for her, including that she was named the 2019 Wisconsin Small Business Person of the Year by the U.S. Small Business Administration. So as you can already tell, Stacy is wildly accomplished, especially in the entrepreneurship arena. She's run so many businesses, scaled them, really seen success with them. And I am just super excited to get to hear all of her advice and insight on the show today as we dig into productivity. Stacy has a new book out where she talks about how to get it all done. And so that's what we're going to touch on today is a couple of productivity tips that Stacy has, as well as a little bit of the mindset behind being productive as an entrepreneur or even a one woman show. So again, I am so excited to have Stacy on today and to dig into this topic of productivity. So let's go. Hi, Stacy. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Hi, Haley. I'm excited to be here. I am super excited to have you. I've been following you for a while, so I'm really excited to have you on the show. And I'm really excited about our topic for today. But before we get into all of that, can you just tell everybody a little bit about you and how you got into business and what that journey has looked like so far? Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you again for having me on. I'm excited to be here. And my entrepreneurial journey started pretty young. I started right out of high school. I was excited about dancing in high school. And I thought, how do I keep this passion going while going to college to get a real job eventually? So right out of high school, I decided to start a middle school competitive dance team. Uh, this was not something I was charging for. It was free. It was in my parents' backyard. Um, I was the captain of the high school dance team. So I kind of had this network of kids that knew who I was. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go after the middle schoolers. So I had 17 kids come to my parents' backyard that year. 
And within three years, we had, I had grown the program to a hundred kids coming to my parents' backyard, several different teams, different ages, um, you name it. And again, I was still going to school, still thinking I was getting a real job. This was just my, my passion, my hobby, something to do on the weekends. And then thankfully, because I grew up in a small business, so my family has an excavating business. They're in the construction space. We dig basements for houses here in Wisconsin. Um, Because my family, my parents, my grandparents were in this business, they were looking at me going, I think this could be a business. Like, (laughs) I think you could start charging people and get a real space and they would actually pay you to teach them dance. So that got me really excited. So my junior year, of college. I wanted to drop out and quit. My dad made me finish. I'm grateful he made me. I'm at the, now I'm grateful. Not so much back then because I was gung-ho. I was so excited to start this business and get going. So I did incorporate in 2005, found a little space to call home that I was renting. And the business, when I started to treat it like a real business, really started to grow. We, we were really fast from that 17 to 100, but I wasn't even trying. All of a sudden it was like, game on, let's really make this be a business here. And we started to get hundreds of dancers. Now today we have um, over a thousand kids that come to us on a weekly basis, um, walking through our doors. Yeah. So it is snowballed. It is uh, something that I um, still do today. I have been running them for the last 18 years. I now have two locations that I run. I don't dance though. I haven't taught dance in probably a decade or longer, Um, but I still own and operate and manage them. And that's exciting to get to still do it. My daughter's dance there now. Um, But pretty soon a few people started to say, could you teach me how you're doing that? Like, show me how you you know, grew in a recession, show me how your parking lot is so full and you have wait lists. And I started just for fun, again, for free, teaching other business owners. They take me to Panera Bread and Starbucks and I would just share all the stuff. And then I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I could charge to consult people. And then all of a sudden, here we have it, another business that I'm running. And I, I love both, both businesses that I do, but they're very different. Oh yeah. They sound like it. I love, Mm -hmm. I just have to throw this in there. I love that you're, you got started in the dance space because Mm -hmm. I grew up a competitive dancer. Oh, okay. So So I even know. Yeah. That was one of my majors when I went off to college and changed my major nine times. That's what I started with. (laughs) So I love it. I love it. I'm super familiar with the dance space, but I'm like you, I'm I'm not a dancer. I haven't done it in a decade. So, but I love that. I love that. And I feel like I say this a lot on the show, but I love that you started just sort of out of like totally out of the blue and didn't expect to do that. And because I feel like that's how all of us get started in entrepreneurship, right? Like every time you hear somebody talk about it, it's like, oh, well, I was in the corporate world or I was in college doing this, or, you know, I was in this job where I wasn't happy or whatever. And something just sort of almost falls in your lap. It's almost a little bit of serendipity, but not that it was easy. You had to work hard for it. Right. But it falls into your lap in a way that you're like, I think I can do this. I think this can be a thing. And so I love hearing these stories from women like you who have just taken that leap of faith and said, Mm -hmm. okay, you know what? I think I can do this and then turned it into something pretty spectacular. And I love that you had that mindset like, well, Hey, I, I did this once and now I'm charging for this. So maybe I can do it in this other industry and this other area too. And then Mm -hmm. found success with that. Cause I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs want to do. You know, they get started in something and then they're like, well, 
you know, this is working. So maybe I shouldn't mess with it. I, I shouldn't go over here and do this thing. And it's scary to kind of pivot into yeah. something new or start that second business. But so yeah. Kudos. And and I'll tell you, you know, I sound confident now, but there was many times where in the beginning of both businesses, I was thinking, really, are people going to pay for this? Why would they pay me for this? Like they could go to somebody else. They could go to somebody more right. experienced. There were all the things that would pop up. I have confidence now after doing this for 18 years and knowing what I know, but that is not what I sounded like in the beginning stages. I get that. I get that. And I, I, I think we're all like that. You know, once you've been in entrepreneurship for a while, it's like, okay, that's definitely not how I was in the beginning. Yeah. I, I often think about looking back to like my first website that I built mm -hmm. myself and how absolute trash it was. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so I think we all kind of come on that, that journey of, of really learning, you know, what works and what doesn't, but yeah. I think it's still constantly taking those risks and putting yourself out there and saying, you know, okay, I'm willing to try something new. I'm willing to pivot. I'm willing to do this or that. Yeah. Absolutely. So I love that. I love that. Well, let's dive into talking about productivity. I know you okay. recently wrote a book called implementation code, where you talked about how to get it all done. And I know that's something that business owners struggle with. Um, I think we, as women tend to struggle with it a little bit yeah. more because let's face it, we feel like we have to do everything and take care of everybody all the time. So I'm curious to hear from you, what are just right off the back, some maybe productivity hacks or tips that you have that you found have really worked for you that you want to share with our audience? Yeah. Oh, there's so many directions we could even head. And, and here's what I will tell you is one of the reasons people say to me all the time, like, wow, how do you get so much done is I think for me, I just do it immediately. If I want to do something, I don't have to think about it for 90 days or six months or three years. I'm like, oh, this looks fun. I'm going to try this tomorrow. <laughs> and I think you have to get good at being okay at learning a little bit about something and then just trying to do it, right? Um, just getting your feet wet, putting it out there. So I always talk about people think you have to learn about something and then you do it. And they think learning is 80% of the time. And then doing is like that last 20% where you're going to put it out. And really, I always tell people there are four phases. It is learning about it. It is doing it where you learn about it way more than you will ever learn about it in the learning phase. <laughs> Let's be honest. Then the truth. Phase, <laughs> right. Phase three is refining where you're still learning. You're still making those changes, those 1% little tweaks that could give you a massive difference in the outcome. And then that last phase is maintaining that thing, right? So if somebody looks at me and they're like, wow, you always go on Instagram stories or you're always doing lives. Well, there's a maintenance plan in place to make sure that I don't all right. of a sudden forget that I said I was going to go live every week, right? So you've got to really ask yourself, you know, when you're trying to do something, look at those four phases and ask yourself, where are you getting tripped up in one place? Are you forgetting that two of the four phases even exist, right? There's so many places that we can head there. And I think it's just slow down and assess what's really going on and where you're really trying to head. And there's going to be so much information that you learn about yourself. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Cause I think you're right. I think we always are like, oh, I can, I can try this. I can sit yeah. down for a day, Google everything I need to know, you know, head to YouTube university and figure that out. And, right. and then I'll be fine. I just have to do it. Right. Yeah. And it's not always that simple, right? Yeah. Because we 
think once I know how to do it, it's going to be easy, but we don't right. prepare for all those like speed bumps that we're going to right. have. Right. Well, and I, you know, Clubhouse, as we're recording this, Clubhouse has been recently like blowing oh, yeah. up and everybody's <laughs> talking about it. So my friend says to me like, oh, I've been stalking Clubhouse. I've been watching it, like listening every day, a few hours a day. I'm thinking about doing one in a week or two. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, I'm going to go listen to one and I'm going to do one tomorrow. <laughs> there that you is, go. That is how fast I like to work. And the reason is because I thought I had learned quite a bit about it. And I, I have a social media manager. She kind of prepared me for like, this is what you need to know. And this is what you need to do. And I get on this call. And I'm doing this clubhouse and all of a sudden one of my co-hosts says to me, Cece, why don't you reset the room? And I, in my head, I'm like, I don't remember what this is. Like, I don't remember. <laughs> is, this, is this a button? Am I pushing something? Am I doing something? I now know what resetting the room, room means, but at the time I didn't. And what happens is you learn and you'll never forget it. Right? right. So I want you to understand that again, you can go and consume a million of those recordings or whatever you're trying to you know, do, but until yep. you actually do it, it will start to really click in a different way. Right. I always tell people, don't be a good video watcher. Don't be a good podcast listener. Be a good implementer of the podcast. Be yes. a good implementer of that YouTube video. That's when you're really going to start to grasp the concepts that you and I, Haley are sharing. Right. That's what 100%. I want people to get through. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I think Oh, there's so much we could dig into there. But I think too, it's remembering that regardless of how many videos you watch, yeah. regardless of how many podcasts you listen to, regardless of how much preparation you do, you're going to mess up the first time mm -hmm. you do it. Like inevitably, yeah. you know, your, your manager prepared you as well as she yeah. could. And then you get in that clubhouse room and you're like, what is reset the room? I don't well, know what that is. And I'm sure she had it on the document that she said, here's what exactly. you should know, but you're not going to, you're not going to grasp a hundred percent of new information. Right. Right. So when you're, you're reading something or listening to something and a hundred percent of it is foreign and you're, you're yep. grabbing it it's like drinking water out of a fire hose. You're going to get like a little tiny bit of it. Right. And then the more you rinse and repeat, the more you will grasp all of these concepts. Right. And I think too, I think a big part of productivity that we often don't like to talk about or don't like to think about is remembering that a big part of productivity is learning to go, okay, that didn't work. So I'm yeah. not going to do it anymore. I think in our heads, we're like, okay, in order to be more productive, I have to force it. I have to find a way to make it work. And sometimes it's as simple as, okay, yeah, you know, there's this new platform or this new social media app. I'm going to try it out. I'm going to see how it works. But if it doesn't work for me, then I'm going to go, okay, well, it's great that it's a new trend, but I don't need to be there. It didn't work yeah. for me. Yeah. And I love that because it's not about doing more. It's about really looking at your calendar and assessing what on my calendar is producing results. Right. You know, productivity, the word comes like the word produce, right? Is in there. We can't forget that word. It's not about being busy. It's not about a crazy schedule. It's about producing results. So when I'm looking at, oh, I've got to be doing this and I got to be doing that. Yeah, I might be an experimental phase of Clubhouse, right? Or something that I'm newly trying, but then I'm going to assess what did I get from that? What right. happened in, as a result of that? Now, am I expecting to be a success story after one Clubhouse? Probably not, okay? 
And for any type of thing you're going to be implementing, if you're like, I'm going to try this new strategy where I do this, whatever it is, workout or add this water regimen into my day, whatever it is, you can't just do it once and then think, well, I don't see a big difference in a drinking water today. So tomorrow I'm going back to Diet Coke, right? right? You've got to really give it some time and go back into that refining stage of, okay, that wasn't great, but what could I do to be more effective? Oh, I forgot to do a call to action at the end of my Facebook Live. I'm forgetting to do, to enhance my profile so people actually know where, who I am and what I sell and where to go next and all of the things. So there is a fine line of, giving yourself time to see if it's working, then you assess, is this working or not? And then you get rid of it if it's not. Exactly. Work smarter, not harder. You know, we hear that all the time, but how often do we really sit down and listen to it? And like you said, assess that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's a really important part of it. And so I'm glad you broke this out into steps because I think those first two steps, the learning and the doing are what we all really put the focus on, but that refining and maintaining are where it's at. Like that's, yes. that's where the gold is, right? That's mm-hmm. where you really figure out, okay, is this something that my business actually needs? If so, is it something I'm actually good at and want to do? If not, can I outsource it, hire somebody? Do I really need it? You know, making all of those assessments, asking yourself all of those hard questions. Yeah. I always tell people the magic happens in refining and maintaining. And when you think about it, I believe most people don't do refining and maintaining. So that is why so many people aren't getting true success. They're just learning, doing, expecting to be amazing. And then they scrap it. They're like, well, that didn't work. So I'm going to try something else. Now I'm going to go to Pinterest, tried Pinterest for a day. That didn't work either. Now I'm going to go over to YouTube, right? It's the refining part that is going to get you the true success and the long-term success that you're trying to get. Exactly. And that's not to say that you can't be successful on multiple platforms and do well at multiple things. I mean, look at you, you're running two very different types of businesses. And I think a lot of us identify with that. We've got that kind of multi-passionate bug. I talk about that Mm -hmm. on the show a lot because we all have these different little interests and different platforms. We want to be on all these things that we want to do. And so I think that's how you dig into that is the refining and the maintaining that you're talking about. Yeah. And I, I, oh, sorry. One more thing. No, go ahead. So (laughs) I totally agree with you. I think you can have success in the doing phase, but it's not that long-term success. So people are like, no, 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 but it it did work, Stacey, but it only worked one time. And I'm, people will come to me and they'll say, I need consistency. I'll have good months and I'll have bad months, but I don't have consistent months. And that is where we go deep into refining and we get you consistency. Exactly. Exactly. That's the word of the day. Consistency. Yes. Yes. Well, let's dig into that, that maintaining phase a little bit, because I think I know from my audience, you know, they're definitely, they've done the learning, they've done the doing. And then I think that's where they're getting stuck. But I think the concept of refining makes sense, right? Like it's, it's pretty easy to say, okay, I got to sit down. I got to look at what's working and what's not. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that maintaining phase. Cause I want to dig into that a little bit. Yeah. And I like that. I like that you kind of talked about having a plan for how mm-hmm. you're going to maintain it going forward. Yeah, so for sure. Should that look like, you know, they've done the learning, they've done the doing, they've sat down and said, okay, this is something I need for my business. This is something I want to have. Yeah. So now how do I make a, a productive plan for it going forward? Okay. 
This is a great question. So um, I'm going to kind of show like a diet story to make this click yeah. for everybody listening while we can relate it to business. So when you hear about the latest diet, right, we're recording this in January. So oh, there's all these diets. You might do one of these diets, lose like 10 pounds or 20 pounds, right? And it works and it works well. But if you don't have a maintenance plan in place, right, or a place to check in, all of a sudden, you know, come March, you're like, great, I gained those 10 pounds right back, right? So the goal here is in refining, we are finding the diet that works for us, right? And then in the maintenance, we're saying, how do we keep the weight off or how do we keep the success right. in our business, right? So when you start to assess, wow, going live once a week on Facebook is working really well, or wow, they really like the way that I sent out these email newsletters once a week or whatever it is I'm doing. How do we keep that plan in place to make sure that it's actually happening, right? So you have to ask yourself, is there a system behind this, right? Do I actually have a strategy or a plan behind this? So I'll just use the Facebook live example. Let's say you're, you're committing to going live more often this year, right? So if it's not scheduled on your calendar, that's number one. Like, where are you making time for it, making room for it? Because if it's just in your mind that, no, like once a week, I'm going to squeeze it into my schedule. I bet a month from now or three months from now, you're going to go, oh my goodness, I completely forgot. One of my January goals was to go live <laughs> more often, right? So what is the system? What is the strategy behind it? Is it reserved on your calendar? Okay. The next thing I want to ask you is, who is owning or who is accountable for that action? So maybe you have a virtual assistant that works with you. Maybe you have a few people on your team. Maybe it's just you, right? But who is accountable? So if it's you going live on Facebook, you better make sure that's in your calendar. It's in your system. You've got that down pat. Or you need to make sure that the person, um, maybe a weekly newsletter, you have a copywriter who writes the blog post. Does she know the system? Does she know the process, the expectations when that newsletter is due back to you so you can send it out? Is it on the reminder somewhere to get it done, right? So right. what are the things that it's going to um, make sure that it's not going, to, the ball's not going to be dropped, right? Yep. So, so many times I'll say to somebody, what's a frustration you have in your business right now? And they're like, oh, I hate how we, you know, fill in the blank. And I'm like, well, what's the system behind it? They're like, well, and you can just tell there is no system, right? right? And then I'm like, who's in charge of hosting that weekly meeting? It's like, well, sometimes I do it. And then sometimes Sarah does it. It's like, well, does Sarah know she's supposed to be owning this project or is it something you should be owning? Right. There's a lot of times there's miscommunication. So you need to like pick and assign who is in charge of this. If I say on a team call, cause I have about 13 people on my, um, online business team. Okay. So if I'm on a call on Monday and I say, you know what, we should really start to do a, uh, giveaway for Instagram or a giveaway for social media for our clients. And I just said it very broad, but I didn't say who should own that, who should run with it. Guarantee you next week, I'll be like, okay, so what happened with that contest? And people are like, what contest? What, ha what's happening? <laughs> nobody knows because nobody grabbed onto that ball and said, this is mine. Right. Exactly. So balls get dropped. So I think that's the biggest thing in maintenance of do you have a plan and do you have a person or a process for that person to implement? I bet you if something's mis getting misplaced, it's because there's something missing there.
Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I think too, you know, that's not to say that you have to have some big fancy system, right? Cause I mm. think we get caught up in, we no. hear those, those words, you know, systems and workflows and process and all these things. And we think, yeah. okay, I've got to go build out a whole process for my team. We've got to have a system in place for this. That's going to take time. So I'm just not going to implement that right now. We're just going to do it the easy way for yeah. now and focus on that later. And the yeah. truth is it doesn't have to be that complicated. It can simply be you saying, okay, you're in charge of this for now on. And here's the very basic, simple way that we're going to make yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it could be three steps. It could say, you know, um, what does ask Stacy what she wants to talk about in this weekly newsletter draft the weekly newsletter, have Stacy proof it, right? Or however many yep. people you have in your team. I mean, it could be as simple as one, two, three. And the reason we need systems is because I can't tell you how many people um, maybe won't even hit the record button before we try to go down a podcast. And, I'm like, yep. and I, one of my systems is for me when I'm getting on a show, because the last thing I want to hear is that somebody forgot to record a 45 minute interview and I need to come back to do it again. I will look for that red button before I ever start talking. Yep. Like that is my system to be like, Hey, Haley, Haley did not forget you guys. I'm not throwing her under the bus, but sometimes people do. And you're like, Hey, I don't think you're actually recording right now. They're like, Oh my goodness. Thank you. So yep. right. This system is just like little notes. Yeah. And I did, I did a clubhouse system the other day when I did it and I was like, okay, don't forget to say this. Tell them the plus, yep. what the plus sign means. Reset the room in 15 minutes. Like little, th little things like that. It could be bullet points on a piece of paper. I hope it's not a piece of paper. I hope it's more like a Google document or your project. A little more software. formal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it could be, it could be. I mean, and mine was during Clubhouse, I was scri like scribbling it down on a piece of paper and then I transferred it over to the computer. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to start small and basic and then go, yes. okay, now that I've kind of got this, you know, I got my paper, I did my bullet points. Now I know what didn't work. Now let me, you know, make this a slightly more formal process. We can Absolutely. build it out, make it better as we go. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I love agreed. that. Well, I want to dig into one more kind of piece around productivity and we're kind of shifting gears a little bit. I want to talk about the mindset behind productivity, because I think we often, we've kind of touched on this already a little bit. We often get really caught up in the fact that productivity means a certain thing or has to look mm -hmm. a certain way. Uh, and I think, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, when we sit down, we think about productivity in terms of, you know, we're working from home by ourselves or something like that. Productivity looks like, okay, I sit down in my office at 8 a.m. and I work till lunch and then I take lunch and then I come back and I work till four or five or whatever. And the truth is, that doesn't necessarily have to be what productivity looks like. If you work from home, you run your own business, odds are it's not going to look like the, you know, nine to five corporate job. Right. So what, what's your advice in terms of how we can sort of overcome that really standard view yeah. of productivity from an entrepreneurial standpoint? Yes. So I think first really asking yourself, when do you have time to put in the work, right? What does that look like for you? So whether you have a day job and you're squeezing it in, in the mornings, in the evenings, on the weekends, whatever that looks like, right? Um, the only thing I always tell people is just don't ever call it a side hustle because it will stay your side hustle. It needs to be your one there thing. You even, if, even if it's a morning thing or a night thing, it is your one thing, your work, your, yep. your day job is your side hustle, right? It's, it's, it's your bank account to fund this business. That's what it is. Um, I love but that. I think 
figure out what you have, right? And really ask yourself, like, when can I dedicate time for this? And then you need to set boundaries. So I, I have been in stages. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for 18 years. Trust me, I have worked as late as you can work at night. I have gotten up at the crack of dawn. I have worked all weekend. I've done all the things, right? But now I'm in a different stage in my life where I have set the boundary of I work from about nine to three while my kids are in school and before and after I'm checked out. But that's because that's the stage that I'm in right now, right? So no, I don't work in the evenings. I don't work on the weekends right now. I definitely did before I had kids and before my schedule looked like this. So I think again, what time do you have to do it? Then I want you to ask yourself, what are the things that actually move the needle that should be filling up your calendar? So it doesn't matter if you work 40 hours or 50 or 10. The question is, what are you doing with your time, right? So if you, and I had to say this to my team, somebody on my team this week, I'm like, listen, you're getting in your hours, but you're doing some busy work that I'm not seeing the, the impact. I'm not seeing the result of the time you're putting in. And we have to ask ourselves, is this worth doing it, right? Just right. because we've heard this tip, we've heard other people say it's amazing. We've heard other people say, you've got to, if we can't feel the impact, is it really worth it for our business, right? So I'm very big on um, doing like a, a time audit. So every 90 days I audit what I've been doing and I ask myself, where was my time well spent? How do I get more of that on my calendar for the next 90 days? And then the stuff that I'm like, you know what? Like maybe, maybe 30 days from now, I'm going to say clubhouse is a waste of my time, right? <laughs> that is just not moving the needle. Get it off my calendar. That is possible, right? So I give it some time. I look and I see, and then I ask myself what results were produced. So for me and my team, we are tracking our results on a weekly basis, our big, our big numbers. So every week we can start to assess like, oh, wow, Pinterest is taking off. Wow. Why is LinkedIn going down? What, what can we do over here? What did we used right. to do that made Pinterest double the size as it is today? What are we missing? And we pour into what is working and we keep stripping what isn't, right? So yeah. we're just in experimental mode. You know, right now we're experimenting with Google ads that's starting to happen, YouTube ads. Um, will it work? I don't know. It's an experiment. Some, some work, some don't, right? So when we're done with our experiment, we'll then ask ourselves, do we want to go all in over here or do we want to start stripping over there? And there's so many options and we're experimenting with the top of our funnel, driving more mm -hmm. traffic. We're experimenting with the way that we close our sales, with the way that we fulfill our programs. I mean, everything we do, we're not uh, married to it. We get to decide right. if we want to shift it, change it, tweak it, modify, whatever you need to do. I love that. I love that last statement because I think that's what we really need to remember when it comes to productivity is that it's your business. So it gets to be your way and it yeah. doesn't have to look like anybody else's. It doesn't matter if you're hopping on the latest trends or doing certain social media platforms or running it a certain way. It's all up to you and what works for you and your business and your team. And yeah. I think we, we often forget that when we're sitting down in the moment going, oh, well, you know, here's the new thing. I, I want to try it. I want to get on it. Yeah. Well, I can't figure out how to make it work, you know, whatever. And I don't think you ever really as an entrepreneur get out of that experiment mode, right? Like yeah. you're always kind of testing out a better way to do something. 
Yeah. And you're, here's the thing. I could not agree more with you, Haley, because you're either testing out something you've never really focused on before for the first time. Right. right? So when I say, how do you get more leads? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> you might have to focus on getting more leads this month, right? And then all of a sudden you started testing it and you're like, well, this is how we get leads, right? So then you start to focus on, well, how do we close those leads or where do we head next? Well, what happens is as you shift your focus, you mess up the other areas, okay? So what mm -hmm. I mean by that is when you finally have dialed in how to get leads, you're going to all of a sudden fulfillment is like, sorry guys, um, I know I'm sending all these people your way and they're not ready for it, right? We yeah. literally just talked about, um, my, we like to do five day paid boot camps, just like a little tiny offer that gets people in and it's working well. And it's working so well that we said at some point, we may have to stop it or turn it off until we can catch up on fulfillment because right. we don't want to sell a bad product or not deliver what we've promised. So exactly. do you see how it's like fulfillment right now is amazing. We're golden. It's great. We're scaling our traffic. And as soon as the traffic works, we're going to mess fulfillment back up or we have to get in there, clean that up, get it organized. And then we're going to be like, okay, we're ready for more traffic. And then we go back. Right. right. So you're constantly like having to focus in a different area and repivot. And you're always going to be experimenting because, you know, first, times are different. Things change. Yep. Social media tactics, platforms, that all changes. What worked a year ago is not working today. Facebook ad costs today are nothing like they were six months ago, right? Yep. So we're always going, well, what will work now? It's rare that somebody says, well, I've been running the same promotion for the last two years, right? Yep. Most people are not doing that. They're pivoting with the times. Not successfully anyway. <laughs> yeah. They're not like, I'm getting the same results I was getting two years ago. They yeah. might still be running it, but they're like, yeah, unfortunately <laughs> ad costs have doubled and this right. is my conversion is lowered. And yes, you're right. Yeah. I, I think it, it all goes back to that assessment, right? That yeah. figuring out, okay, I need to sit down. I need to ask myself what's working, what I need, what I don't. And just kind of being almost a little bit harsh with yourself on that and saying, okay, I've got to really get to the bottom of where we're missing the mark or yeah. what I'm wasting time on. And I think, I think that's kind of the part that we often, you know, we sit down and we're like, okay, I need to figure out what's not working, but, oh, well, you know, I know this is a waste of time, but it's kind of fun. And I, I enjoy it. Or mm -hmm. I know, you know, I should hire somebody, but I, I don't really want to yet or whatever. And so we make these excuses for why we're going to continue to throw that time away. And we constantly make those excuses and we never move forward. And I see so many entrepreneurs do that. So I like, again, the way you broke it up into those four steps and, and this mindset around it and really assessing what's working, what isn't yeah. be honest with yourself and then go fix the problems you need to fix. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Well, I think we'll put a pin in it here because I could yeah. probably pick your brain all day long, <laughs> <laughs> but I love this. I think you gave a lot of really great tips of where to really break it down and how to be more productive without necessarily having to be like, I need to be more productive and having mm -hmm. that very standard, typical approach to it. So I like it. Yeah. But since it's the end of the episode, I want to close it out with my rapid fire round, which are just a few fun questions we like to close the show with, if you're ready. Okay, I am. All right. What is one part of your morning routine that you absolutely love? 
just getting, I actually come in here in my office and just having that time to myself before the kids are up, my husband's up and I just meditate journal and just have some of that alone time. There you go. Yep. Time to yourself is crucial. I don't yes. have kids, but I'm like, I, I need a, a minute away from my husband every yes. once in a while. So I get it. <laughs> what is the last book that you read? Um, oh, why am I? Oh, the great game of business. Uh, do I know the author? I think it's like Jack something. You'll something. Google it and be able to find out. The Great yes. Game of Business, Jack. I can't think of his last name. I don't think I've read that. So I'll have to check that one out. It's a good one. It's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. And it's definitely something I like, it's kind of talking about like sharing the vision and sharing this with right. the team and building other people to help do this with you and all of that. It's actually really good. Ooh, I love that. I'll definitely be looking that one up. What is something that you are looking forward to in this next season, personal or business up to you? Yeah. Um, Getting back to traveling for sure. <laughs> I, I'm a traveler. I cannot wait to get back traveling. I'm really excited. Um, like I said before, last year we had found our, our one thing, our product. And this year it was experiment. We were like, we're going to experiment and how we're going to get people to fill this. And we knocked it out of the park in December. We got it even to cheat and do it a month early before 2021. And now we're in like scaling this and it's working well. And I'm just so excited to start to have that consistent source of brand new people coming to us to fill our programs. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we're all looking to get back to traveling. <laughs> I feel like that's been a very common answer as I do. <laughs> all right. What is one business tool or platform or something that you use in your business that you recommend to everybody? I typically recommend monday.com. It's a project management software. I am, I mean, I'm upset. I use it all day, every day. This is how I communicate with my team. And I also delegate to my team and just everything it's opened up right now. Like it's just got all of the things that help me run and strategize my business. I love that. I feel like, I don't know that we've had anybody say Monday, but I feel like okay. we often get people say like project management. Yeah. I think a bunch of different ones. They're a must. Even if you're a solo entrepreneur, you yep. still have projects. People associate project management with like for the team, but you still have to run projects. You need a project management software for sure. It's that productivity, man. You got to, you, you got to stay focused. You got to be yeah. on it. Love it. Great recommendation. Last question. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Oh, there's so many. Um, I think it's just probably like, like, don't be the smartest person in the room. Like really mm. keep branching out, which is hard because it's, it's hard to get back into Like when you get comfortable being at the top, then it's like, oh shoot, now I gotta go back to the bottom. Right now I have to get into a space where I don't know what I'm talking about. Everybody's smarter than me. Everybody's more successful than me. Am I going to contribute to the conversation? Like, what does that look like? But that's how you keep climbing and getting more advanced is by climbing to the top and then jumping into another room to really yes. expand your network and expand your reach. I love that. I love that so much. And it, it's funny because my husband does not understand this concept yeah. of, I, I tell him all the time. I'm like, I want to be like the, the dumbest person in the room. Not that I want to be you know, yeah. dumb. I'm not calling myself that, but it's like, I want to be at the very bottom of the totem pole of any room I'm in, because that means I've got the most, you know, yeah. area of growth. That means yeah. I've got more to more places to go than anybody else. Right. Yeah. Because I'm still learning. I'm right at the bottom and he does not understand. He's like, why would you want to be the dog? That makes no sense. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't explain it to you if you don't get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's that. definitely a place to invest your time and energy for sure. Yes. Yes. I love that. 
Well, Stacey, tell everybody where they can find you. I know you've got an amazing podcast and definitely make sure that you mention your book. Yeah, thank you. So the podcast is the Foot Traffic Podcast. Um, I teach how to get more customers in the door. I know we talked a lot about productivity, but it is just one of my, I love efficiency too. Um, but I'm very big into marketing. So you're going to get lots of marketing tips and strategies from me. Um, anywhere in social media, I'm at Stacey Tushel. And then if you want to get a copy of the book, we still are offering it for free. You just pay for the shipping and handling. Um, you can go to implementationcode.co forward slash free book and grab a copy there. Awesome. And we will put all of those links in the show notes. So if you guys are listening and you want to follow along with Stacey, check out the podcast, which I highly recommend. I love her podcast or grab a copy of the book, then head over to the show notes and you can check everything out there. Stacey, thank you so much for your time and all of these amazing tips, all of this wisdom. I always appreciate when we get amazing women like you on the show who are just so willing to share and just want to be so helpful to our audience. So I just want to say thank you and that we appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you, Haley. I love this interview. Thank you so much for your time. And I'm looking forward to connecting with some of your listeners online as well. That's it for this time. Don't forget to head over to the show notes at femalesonfirepodcast.com to grab bonus content from our guests, support the show, or grab your Females on Fire swag. If you loved this episode, give us a quick shout out on Instagram by tagging at females on fire. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday for a brand new episode to keep you fired up for those big dreams.